0: Gears of War, trailer, soundtrack, music.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I find it kind of funny. Mm -hmm. I find it kind of sad. I spend most of my time listening to Denny and Greg. I find it hard to listen. I find it hard to watch. When movies are for when it's a very, very... Rad pod.
2: <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs>
0: Would you mind taking care of the intro for us this week?
1: Ah, oh, Greg. It's not a good week for me to do that. What?
0: I, I don't know if you realize what an opportunity this is for our podcast. This has been a dream of Denny's and all of ours for a long time. I made you lead podcaster
1: sometimes i doubt your commitment to sparkle motion and
0: movies for win.
1: hey that's a scene ladies and gentlemen welcome to the movies for Win podcast where you bring the movies and we tell you when that's our that's our slogan every week we do this we say before the show tell them when tell them when as long as they bring the movies one two three magical adventures best friends forever we do this every week
0: it also changes every week uh yeah this is a great episode for if you're in between the ages of 26 and 41 because baby this is our aging millennials episode movies for when you're an aging millennial denny i feel like we're smack in the middle of the technical millennial range
1: there. Yeah, we're, we're old enough to have been blessed with watching the TV that was made by Gen X. You know, and I, I think that's the prime millennial age. And I'm just glad we're doing this, Greg, because when I watch just any form of media lately, I'm like, Sigh. when is someone going to cater to the aging millennial crowd? There's nothing out there for us. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> we're heroes in, in a way. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Man, are we brave or what? Um, all right, Denny. <laughs> Movies for when you're an aging millennial. Uh we had a couple of picks ourselves. You picked Donnie Darko, specifically a director's cut. Mm-hmm. Uh I chose Ladybird, a movie about and by an aging millennial. Yes. And uh the audience in our audience poll on social media smartly selected Pokemon the first movie which is a very ballsy title
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like very smug yourself (laughs) there's not just gonna be one
0: (laughs) smuggy mon all right uh yeah we're gonna start this week with donnie darko but first denny i gotta know because i know one part of the answer what else have you been watching this week
1: um i watched nope uh jordan was waiting for it was a very good movie very different than i expected um i think some people might have a reaction because it's one of those where the trailer has a completely different tone from the from the actual movie and
0: that got me really excited because i haven't seen it yet yeah that got me so excited yeah oh
1: you're you're gonna love it it's a it's a great movie but you don't want to deceive your audience right like you don't want to um sell them something then not give it to them um, mm-hmm. however it's it's a very quiet movie. It's a lot of daylight and uh I would say definitely more sci-fi than horror. Um it's it's really, really good. Um I would rank, you know, the Jordan Peel features Get Out is number one, Nope is number two, and Us is number three, and those are all great movies. Um Get Out is uh, something truly special, um, but Nope and Us are also really good. I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Um would watch it again definitely think it's going to be uh um a polarizing movie though you know i i think it's gonna be i don't think it's what people expected from the trailer and that's that's all but it's it's a great flick
0: everything you said has just made me want to watch it even more and we are going to this weekend but like I I watched the trailer and I was a little worried like are they showing a little bit too much and that no. thought in my nope. the back of my the <laughs> ah, that's the name of the movie. In the back of my head I was like I would trust Jordan Peele to intentionally deceive based on the trailer. I feel like we're being shown too much on purpose as like a misdirect kind of Yeah. Glad to hear it's that way because oof, Yeah. Oh man, you, I'm excited.
1: You, you are going to love the cinematography. Um but the, the the trailer has that really awesome, uh, like song? primal scream sounding song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it kind of makes you think that's going to be the vibe of the movie. And there's like music playing in the movie. I feel like two or three times. Like, and it's coming from, uh, it's coming from like speakers. The characters can hear. Yes. Um, you keep think, hyping me up. I love everything yeah, you're saying. You're going to love it. I'm, I'm sure there's a score, but I remember it being very quiet. You know, like it's it's a very quiet movie. Um, You're going to love it. I also watched uh, an A24 feature that was on my annual movie list, St. Maude. And I thought it was solid. Not my favorite A24 movie. Really cool uh, understanding of uh, religiously themed psychosis and what it looks like. That was very astute. Um, Nice. I could have used somebody to root for cuz it's one of those mm. movies where it's pretty much just a bunch of bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, it was pretty solid and uh I I started watching the good pe- the little the good place and nice. it is very good. I'm at the beginning of season 2 right now and oh, Okay. I watched season one in two sittings, which is pretty rare. You know, like I, I have a pretty short attention span. I start meds for it tomorrow, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I, I was really hooked. It was it was a good show. And uh, other than our one, oh wait, I almost forgot. I watched uh, I watched the second episode of the rehearsal twice. Oh, um, in yeah, one day. Too. Um, I'll, I'll let I'll let you have the glory of that though. So yeah, that that's my bin watching.
0: That's very nice. Uh, yeah, that's what you've been watching for episode fifty-five. Hey, Hey-o. fifty-five. I just looked just now. The episode is numbered fifty-five. You know, there's a symbol there, right?
1: What's what's symbolic? fifty-five?
0: The number of peace, the number of tranquility, assurance, oh. movie podcasts.
1: Oh, movies for fifty. It reminds me of F- when w. I crashed my Scion TC. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Do you ever see
1: license plates that say MVP 69 And you're like man I should watch a movie about a monkey that plays hockey
0: The the trick is you actually don't need a license plate To drive Uh, (laughs) 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 Yeah the man who has too many Mattresses in his room We watched that we loved it God what a show Um, We're going to pump up The rehearsal every week so get used to it yeah the only other thing i watched was a movie that i've been dying to watch since it came out and that feeling got elevated when i saw that there was a we're watching episode about this movie i finally because it was the blu-ray was on sale for amazon prime day i finally watched ready or not from
1: 2019. oh
0: yeah boy That is a fun-ass movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a blast. I also watched it so I could listen to their podcast. So they've they've taught two people the wonders of that movie.
0: I I loved all their takes on it. I loved their conversation. I was like, I want to contribute. But, you know, way late. But, yeah, it was a movie that I thought it was pretty okay. And then, like, it just kept getting better as it went along. Like, it just kept hitting higher and higher like just and then at the very end i'm like great fucking loved it thank you this was yeah. so great
1: <laughs> very underrated movie that uh went under the radar
0: yeah yeah yeah. it was um something i i think i watched a few trailers for or like saw the trailer was up a few places and i don't yeah. think a lot of people have watched it and they really should it's a shame they should see it
1: if, we, uh, if and when we sequel our Hidden Gems episode, that would be a really good one to put on there.
0: Ooh, yeah. That would be cool. Alright. Uh, that's it. That's all I had time for. Other than, like, YouTube videos about the Nintendo GameCube retrospective or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're gonna fuse our YouTube algorithms soon. I think uh, if, 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 if you start watching wrestling on YouTube and I start watching hockey, it'll just become the same thing
0: yeah you gotta and then watch
1: we won't have to have separate google accounts anymore we can just sign into one youtube and get a bunch of notifications about sign-ins at different locations because we love those those are fun we
0: love those i also hope you like um live recordings of metal concerts because that's uh, been on rotation
1: you might be a better it's my
0: wrestling <laughs> <laughs> music entertainment i'll call it <laughs> All right, speaking of music and entertainment, both of those things are featured here in our first movie, Donnie Darko.
1: What a segue. <laughs> what a
0: se- <laughs> that segue was weaker than my arms. If you've seen me, that's a good joke.
1: <laughs> I also cannot do a push-up.
0: <laughs> All right, Denny, uh, Donnie Darko was your selection. This is a 2001 film that you can yes. watch on HBO Max. But, if you want to watch the director's cut, you might need to look elsewhere.
1: So I will say I cheated, um, because Uh I didn't remember that I didn't own the director's cut. (laughs) It it was a Friends, and I I couldn't find it streaming. But I'd actually watched the director's cut fairly recently, Um, and so I was like, okay, it's fresh in my mind, and I hadn't watched the theatrical version in uh, probably a decade or more. so. I actually yeah. intentionally was like actually this would be good to compare you know cuz I remember the differences so um yeah Donnie Darko um do you want to do relationships or synopsis first
0: Uh synopsisize it first we'll okay. do relationships cuz you well, already did mention your relationship
1: a little bit Oh I've got more to say Oh <laughs> me too me too I think we're um, I think we're in the same boat but go ahead Yeah um god what a fucking rib Greg asked me to do a synopsis for one of the most heavily debated movie plots and what it all means in history. Um, I will Mm -hmm. do my best. Um, So uh, Donnie Darko starts when Donnie Darko starts his day, um, waking up uh, on the side of the road, and it turns out a mysterious jet propeller has fallen through his bedroom, and he would have died if he were home. Um, He goes on about his mischief uh through town being a degenerate and a miscreant um while we see that his family is a very suburbanite family very 80s um we keep getting these things on the the card that's or the title cards that say what date it is and how many days are left uh and donnie starts to maybe hallucinate we know he's in therapy uh, but we also find out his pills are placebos. Uh, as someone who knows how antipsychotics work, placebos are not effective in that treatment. <laughs> so um it definitely uh implies that he is really, really seeing these things. Um he starts to see a scary bunny who tells him the world's gonna end and tells him to burn down a pedophile's house. Um, a girl likes him, Drew Barrymore gets fired um in the director's cut he learns more and more about time travel and tangent Mm -hmm. universes um and he starts seeing wormholes coming out of people usually i see wormholes going into people thank you very much and
2: i'll let it um, slide
1: (laughs) right into your wormhole. yeah i won't not that one (laughs) um long story short this is where the debate really starts into what the fuck is going on in this movie and why do i care about it is what the world screamed for donnie darko um long story short if you watched the director's cut you will have some information that would lead you to believe this is probably a pocket universe where the dead and the living are manipulated into getting donnie to do what he needs to do to, uh, re- to let the universe expire and rejoin the universe he came from. You see, the, the jet turbine was supposed to kill Donnie Darko, um, and this world can't end until Donnie Darko gets crushed by a jet turbine, I think. Um, and then he uses telekinesis to summon a jet turbine from his mom's plane. By the way, totally glossed over the riveting sparkle motion subplot that is going on <laughs> in the background of all this. Um, and Donnie dies and then we're back in the original universe and everyone's like, Oh no, Donnie Darko's dead and then his girlfriend who also died in the tangent universe is like, Huh, I don't know any of you people and they're like, We don't know you either and then they look at each other knowingly and she rides away on her bike and Seth Rogan is there. How weird is that? Um that's that's Donnie Darko, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. Better than most YouTube explanations of Donnie Darko's plot. I've got to give myself that.
0: (laughs) I imagine the absolute worst looking that up. This is a yeah, polarizing is a good way to put it. Yeah. Because it's it's tricky, man. Like directors' cuts of other movies. Oh, release the Snyder cut of fucking legends of the Guardians, the Owls of Gaul. Um, for example, like director's cuts don't usually like make this much of a staggering difference in explanation yeah. of what the fuck is happening.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because we on HBO Max, they have the original theatrical version, which is worth watching a hundred percent. Like, you can let yourself let your imagination run wild with it. It's inviting you to really theorize a lot. Which is something I normally hate in movies because, you know, stuff maybe feels underemphasized. And it's like, at the same time, some of us have work in the morning.
1: Damn. Right. Just make the fucking movie. Don't make me do your screenwriting. I, I feel it. <laughs> <you. laughs> then
0: we've got a director's cut that's willing to hold your hand a little bit more. And I think this movie's really unique in that because I needed my handheld, and I usually do for most movies. <laughs>
1: Well, did you know this? Um, The director's cut is the original movie that got a bunch of indie buzz. Oh. And when it got a theatrical release, they made him cut the time down. Um, And so a lot of people shit on the director's cut because they're like, oh, it's too handholdy. And I'm like, well, that's the movie that he made. You know, like, it's Mm. not like they went in and were like, audiences didn't understand this. Um, We have to get a little more explainy that's the movie that that everybody got excited about um yeah and then the theatrical version confused people but in a way that made them want to talk not in a way that made them mad um Um, dude do you let's do you have a special relationship with this movie can you give me your history with it uh
0: yeah just real quick i think i watched this probably the first time in oh six maybe like early like a few years after it came out but still like early high school i was obviously not old enough at the time. I would have hated it as a kid. But yeah, I watched it early in high school, and then I've seen... I watched the theatrical version originally, and then I've seen the director's cut maybe three or four times since then, but it's been like maybe five years since I watched it. I had the DVD. I don't know where it is anymore, so I had to go back to the theatrical version, even though I'm used to the director's cut.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, so we both watched theatrical?
0: E, uh, for this watch through yeah, yeah i think so because cool. that's we the hbo cheated. max good. one yeah yeah um, <laughs> okay.
1: and yeah we're good um yeah i i picked this movie because um it's probably the single most millennial thing i did when someone told me to rent it in nine in ninth grade um mm-hmm. and i it was probably the first indie film i ever saw and it was about like suburban kids you know like uh, I related I was a I was a repressed suburban kid that uh, just wanted to raise hell all the time um and so because of that I think I related to it so much and then I I'll bet I watched it five times in a week constantly showed everyone I knew um was trying hmm. to get like theories about it and I, I kept going because <laughs> like you gotta understand there weren't ending explained videos when this was made um I had to go on fucking GeoCities and fucking Pro Boards and, like, read what fucking idiots were typing about this movie. And I was like, oh, there was times when I was like, this is a movie about God's unchangeable plan. And then there were movies where I was like, this is a movie about how there is no God. You know, like, I just, like, kept going back and forth on what I thought this movie meant. Me and my brother really liked it. We even... I think we got it for my dad for Christmas that year, and like literally the second I heard my brother say, "Oh no, I think you're really gonna like it, Dad," I was like, "No, Dad is not gonna like this. Why did we do this? This is like oh, he's gonna man. think it's the dumbest thing he's ever seen." This um, is
0: it's a very millennial movie in that it's not for dads. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Old
0: older dads. Most of us are dads by now,
1: but not us. Yeah. And then a couple years ago at a friend's house, I finally watched the director's cut, and I was like, oh, so that's what the movie was.
2: It was actually pretty
1: clear.
0: <laughs> so you, had, you hadn't seen the director's cut until recently, huh?
1: Probably like uh, 2018, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Wait, no, but I remember...
0: Oh, man.
1: I remember pausing the screen on those letters that it shows in the director like the
0: chapter where it shows the chapter. yeah i
1: remember pausing the screen um so maybe i had seen it um but with uh, you know dvd technology it was (laughs) it was not (laughs) Ah,
0: future tech yeah
1: i definitely didn't like transcribe what it said and put it all together so i didn't figure it out i was like it says manipulated living you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i don't know what that means um so yeah i'm a millennial
0: That's a millennial thing. That's a millennial thing. Thoughts? What do you got? Hit me with a note, Denny.
1: Oh man, just just to start it off, um, what a cast! Yeah, what a cast. We got Drew Barrymore, Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal, Patrick Swayze, um, the lady who plays Kitty. What's her name? She's amazing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Seth Rogen is in the mix. (laughs) <laughs> um, Beth Grant Beth Grant is her name And she is so good um, Dude, I fucking love this movie I, I, I know it's cringe to love this movie And I wouldn't say that liking Donnie Darko Is a big I, feature of my personality But every time I watch it I'm like, damn, this is good It's a good movie I
0: feel like it, it is less so now It's been replaced by your Ricks and your Mortys yeah. <laughs> Your Twilights, that kind of thing Like It was an obnoxious thing and just like oh i'm so smart because donnie darko is actually my favorite movie yeah but i feel like that's not really a thing anymore yeah and yeah liking this movie is not as cringe as it once was
1: it was for for our uh younger listeners there was a time when (laughs) a guy would like take his shirt off and stop playing his (coughs) acoustic guitar at a party and be like so, my thoughts on Donnie Darko are, and then like the whole room would just roll their fucking eyes and be like, mm-hmm. oh my god, who invited the fucking theater kid? Um, that guy was you, me.
0: And then just... you stopped playing your guitar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I can't play guitar. <laughs> but uh, I, I did do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what about you? Just general thumbs up, thumbs down on Donnie Darko
0: it's a thumbs up i think i the first time i saw it i was like i know this is good but i'm really not getting everything Mm -hmm. and i know that but i still think there's really something here that i like yeah and i think i like it more now now that i get it a lot more it took a few watches this is a movie that requires some rewatches but i don't feel (laughs) like i'm wasting my time or like bored by like oh i've already seen this i i really feel like every time i watch it, i'm like oh okay like i get it a little bit more or like the themes have a different you know i look at them through the different contexts of what i've been through in life so i look at the themes a little bit differently and like latch on to different things every time i watch it it's it's a thumbs up for sure yeah Extre- like it's just extremely interesting to me
1: same man you know like i think it connects to the sadness of the eighties, which is not like an eighties nostalgia move. You've got nothing but Tears for Fears playing, which by the way, Tears for Ooh. Fears fucking rules. Um yeah, I'm, I'm
0: head over heels yep. for this soundtrack.
1: hey But I even feel like it has like a very lynchian influence, especially in uh in Cheers for Beers.
2: Oh there oh. it is!
1: Yeah, it's like that um hell yeah no but it's like if you've ever seen blue velvet it's all about how the suburbs look pretty on the outside but there's actually a fucking hellscape underneath all that image maintenance and it's just a dark brooding really ambiguous confusing movie david lynch made it and i feel like this is a a blue velvet that's a little more accessible it mm-hmm. still has that you have to piece it all together element, but holy shit, David Lynch makes you work way harder than Donnie Darko does for that shit. <laughs> um, so, I, I really feel like it's a it's a it's a more palatable David Lynch movie essentially. Um, with also, okay. I'm not convinced David Lynch has any actual meaning behind anything he does. Um, he might, but. He will not comment on it and seems to, like, truly not give a shit if his message is communicated to anyone. Um, <laughs> so, but this this has a story. You know, like, there's a... And that's, that's always my thing for if I have to work through ambiguity, I'm like, if I'm going to look, there better be something for me to find. Um, don't just have me think about it with no answers. Like... Mm -hmm. let me let me do the work to have some payoff and this has a payoff like you can absolutely piece together the tangent universe stuff
0: yeah like i don't have the confidence to be left with so much ambiguity that i ascribe the meaning myself i don't have that level of confidence to be like oh it means this because i think it does i don't i don't think like that i can't do that that sucks
1: same same (laughs)
0: i'm so glad we're on the same page of this uh time travel book here denny
1: dude i i watch ending explained videos so frequently Uh, like anytime (laughs) it's like a mildly artsy ending i'm like can someone please i I liked that but what the fuck happened can someone
0: please tell me what the ending of astro boy means
1: (laughs) i don't get it God, dude, the ending of Titanic, that was impossible to figure out.
0: Is the band back together in Country Bears or not?
1: Right? Was it a one-time show? Or how back together is the band? And I think that's, you know, my movie has two meanings. Will Country Bear Hall still stand? I mean, we know for sure it wasn't over, Bears. (laughs) This is not over.
0: Bears. Bears. Uh, (laughs) Um... All right, just minor note I already had one about the tears for fears uh, songs that we hear I love the dad laughing at the most inappropriate times
1: good <laughs> yeah, good movie
0: dad dude
1: there's there's a moment I think it's only in the director's cut where like he's talking to Donnie um, and he's like all the other dumb shits aren't as smart as you <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about Mm-hmm. I don't think it was in the theatrical version, um, but uh, we watched that. So I've definitely seen the director's cut because I have a memory of watching it with a friend and him being like, God, movies are so weird. Like, a dad would never talk like that to a kid. And me and my brother, like, immediately were like, that reminded me exactly of my father (laughs) like that is absolutely how he talks to us every single day almost verbatim like i think that character is based on my dad (laughs) um,
0: oh that's great
1: no it was a great movie dad great uh dissatisfied but not miserable movie mom you know like they dude
0: yeah mary McDonald was the actress she was great and i thought I thought she was incredible. This is a good week for mom actresses for two of our movies. Yes. But yeah, I thought she was excellent in this movie. Yes. Like this concern mixed with like humor and empathy. Like she was a really rich character, I thought.
1: Yeah. Well, she pulled off like something that's really hard to nail, which is she is jaded, but not fully disillusioned like mm-hmm. she definitely needs a glass of wine to get her through the night and take the edge off every single day <laughs> uh-huh. uh she and we still, see it <laughs> she still cares about stuff you know like mm-hmm. um oh man don't get me into I, i'm jumping ahead to lady bird I, I'll, I'll save it um yeah please do she cares about her kids and she's just out of her depth she's someone who clearly doesn't know how to parent other than like driving kids places you know but i think she doesn't know how much she doesn't know how to parent and is like jesus kids are difficult (laughs) you know (laughs) like um and then you got no help at all from pops over there um (laughs) but man i really think that patrick swayze and jake gyllenhaal they take some cool projects and they don't get enough credit for it
0: yeah oh man Uh, especially boys just especially jake gyllenhaal for this one like this is i would say this is one of his better movies i don't know if that's like i think his performance is like the best thing ever yeah but this is definitely one of the better movies he's been in i think nightcrawler is probably his best performance and movie oh, yes but this is you know <laughs> this was like 16 years before that like this is a hell of a place to start for the guy him and yeah. maggie are really fun together i think
1: i yeah i agree and man it's so weird because this is a movie where we always talk about like do you say the character's name or the actor's name that'll tell you what you need to know about a performance right and i'm Mm -hmm. like he's famous and really recognizable and in this movie to me he's donnie darko like he is not jake gyllenhaal running around middlesex um Mm -hmm. again this would have been his best work if he hadn't just hit an out-of-the-park grand slam with Nightcrawler, you know? (laughs) Like, this, this, (laughs) if he hadn't done, like, an absolute all-timer of a performance, we would be like, yeah, you know Jake Gyllenhaal from being hot, but, like, he was actually really good in Donnie Darko, but now we say Nightcrawler, you know? (laughs) So. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. This flick. There's just, where, where do we, how do you talk about Donnie Darko, man? How do you do it? I
0: don't know. There's, just, there's a lot. There's we could spend hours just talking about the story, what we think everything means. I want to talk about the soundtrack a little bit. I think it's just this ethereal vibe that's like haunting in all the right moments, mm-hmm. and then like pulled back enough in others. I know there's like a difference between the theatrical and director's cut with like the audio balance, specifically yeah. for the music sometimes. But watching the theatrical version, I thought it was still very very solid
1: oh yeah man and like the score creates such an ambiance in this and how like whenever donnie is seeing frank how the score just makes you instantly scared in a movie that is not very scary it's mostly kind of funny actually (laughs) you know like but when he sees frank they do those like ominous echoey like wind blowing through a cave sounds and it's just like the heebie jeebies man
0: commit yeah that combined with like some static just like buzzing electronic sound mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. a like especially when he sees him in the, like the therapy appointment and like Frank like it does like that quick cut where he's like looking up at the sky and it does like yeah. a <laughs> kind of sound effect oh it's great Man. and speaking of the frame rate, we didn't succumb to the early 2000s thing of choppy frame rates
1: i was proud of this movie for that
0: when we're like exploring the motif of time travel it's really good that the director is like all right to make time seem faster we're gonna speed up the film and to make it seem slower we're just gonna shoot it with maybe like a slower motion camera or just like drop the frame rate maybe not the frame rate like drop just slow it down a little bit let mm-hmm. it play a little bit slower it's just really effective use of slow-mo and like kind of like a fast forward effect other times
1: yeah well and it's always like slow-moing when he's like riding his bike while head over heels plays you know like and it's just like some of the most awesome 80s looking slow-mo i've ever seen in my life and it's all this like john hughes movie stuff but it's really sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like it's it's so different man like um
0: yeah it's a song that's hitting you really hard and then it's just like some bullies doing coke in their locker and a girl getting (laughs) bullied like this but not like a glossy like "Mm, this is fun (laughs) i don't feel good watching that
1: yep yep um you know no no pun intended but i just feel like it it's a movie that embraces the darkness even like it's about how like a dude who's kind of suicidal comes to terms with like how his suicide is for the greater good right? mm-hmm. <laughs> like how like he actually must kill himself uh and oh, dude it's just so good man there's so many like nice little touches like something always being written on the whiteboard it's just a movie that has heart and soul put into it you can, like especially because mm-hmm. like of the actors in it you can just tell that like Like I think Drew Barrymore EP'd this, you know. Like she put up money for this to get made. Like, um, it's just a movie that I think everybody involved was very excited about making, and that really showed Mm -hmm. in just like the the resonance of the movie.
0: Yeah, I love what you said. Everyone seemed like they loved what they were doing. Yeah, loved and understood exactly their role. This is a very well. Yeah, this is a very well coordinated project
1: oh absolutely and you know there wasn't really a ton of like mind fuck time travel out there you know at this time about like tangent universes and manipulated beings and destiny and fate and all that stuff like um holy shit I just realized something Hmm. this is like the only movie that uses a wormhole that doesn't do the like fold the paper and stick a pencil through it thing to explain (laughs) holy shit that's insane that's awesome i never that's amazing i want to like bump it up a point for that it's the only one ever
0: (laughs) we even had a teacher explaining it but he was just like here's what stephen hawking said here's the words he didn't have to uh sam neill or um all right all right all right matthew mcconaughey <laughs> the explanation. That's I had to remember the actor's name, so I just had to say that.
1: <laughs> or The Teacher from Stranger Things or Fifty Other Times Wormholes were in movies. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness gracious.
0: Yeah. Really ahead of the curve in a lot of ways, this film. I think yeah. this is a very special indie film.
1: I mean with all the eighties stuff right now, um this like seems like something that could have been made like a year ago. <laughs> like mm-hmm. honestly, it would fit right in especially with how cool multiverses are right now. Dude, this yeah. really was like 20 years early. Yeah.
0: If this was made, if this never got made and it was it like was coming out last year or year before or something like that, I would have been like, "Oh, this fits with the time exactly." Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, we'll have to probably wait and see maybe in 7, 8, 9, 10 years what yep. we think about it, but ahead of the curve i still feel like
1: well i was gonna say even like the entire cast is still relevant and then i was like man (laughs) talk about the reaction they would get when they announced patrick swayze was in it (laughs) oh yeah
0: (laughs) oh yeah your your favorite heartthrob patrick swayze he he's a pedophile
1: dude all right (laughs) so jarring to see like we have two evil patrick swayze movies in a row on our podcast by the way mm-hmm. um he is like a can do no <laughs> yes. wrong good guy for those of y'all who aren't familiar with his work it is so weird to see him play like a charlatan untrustworthy pedophile who like makes is makes fun of like punk rock teenagers that is not a swayze role um it, he's it's such like, a
0: square he's such a square in this movie
1: it's almost a use of celebrity to, like, make the reveal more shocking, you know? Like, I love it. <laughs> so good.
0: Um. Yeah. Oh, man. Just, like, so- like little side note. I love the, you know, when the Mad World song plays. That's the ultimate emo <laughs> moment of the movie. But I really yeah. love, like, the echoes of the trans... Uh, what am I trying to say? Tangent universe. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um you know you got like Frank rubbing his eye and then Patrick Swayze is just like alone in his chamber of just absolute disgusting horrible I believe shit. it's
1: called a uh, masturbatorium
0: uh but masturbatoriums
1: yeah, this... masturbatorium was a movie about it if i'm not mistaken
0: <laughs> two copies <laughs> um yeah just like seeing him crying just embracing his fear that he yeah. hates so much oh i love that oh. I love that scene. Also, a bad couple of weeks for a characters named Gretchen on the podcast.
1: Ooh. Ooh, Gretchen
0: Wieners rejected by her friends, and then Gretchen in this movie run over by a car, <laughs> and then carried around town and <laughs> looked at by Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, that Joan was Hall.
1: so disturbing when he's driving with her and just looking at her corpse. Holy shit!
0: <laughs> did he buckle the seatbelt? Is that I corpse think he did. safe? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man. I, uh... I I, I just... I can't say enough good things, man. I really do like this movie. I had a thought a minute ago, but I completely lost it.
0: Well, that's alright. We'll watch it again and figure it out. There we go. Ah, Denny, you want to get into some uh, gimmicks on this one?
1: I am so down for that, Greg. Let's do some gimmicks.
0: Alright, Denny. Well, I've got some good news, actually. We do have a new gimmick this week it's called the gimmick of the week denny yes what is the gimmick of the week this week
1: the mortality awareness moment um the moment that made you realize that millennials aren't the cool young snowflakes on the block anymore um Mm. we are actually actively being mocked by zoomers for liking harry potter and wearing low-cut jeans (laughs) so we're, we're old now we're being made fun of for our lame trends
0: Bring it on, you little freaks.
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So, yeah. My my, my mortality awareness moment was uh, when I I, I noticed there were a lot of nice little 80s touches in this movie. um, And I noticed that near the end, when uh, someone grabs their keys from a bowl, there was right in the frame a blockbuster card. And I was like, Whoa, they went all out and put like a blockbuster reference in this movie, and then. I realized <laughs> at the time that this movie was made, Blockbuster was alive and kicking, doing and just were... fine. I probably rented—I the... did rent this movie from a Blockbuster the first time I watched it. So. That's what I was about to say. You probably rented this at Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, I was like that. Was... If anything, it was an anachronism because Blockbuster wasn't everywhere in the '80s. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"That's... laughs> it was
0: probably in a nice little town like Middlesex that's pretty awesome that's a good pick i had a really hard time finding one for this one i I went for a safe one i just went with little baby seth rogan oh. in a very tiny teeny tiny baby size role
1: yeah he somehow looked younger than he did in freaks and geeks which was made like four <laughs> or five years before this <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> oh. what's your uh what's your favorite line greg
0: oh please tell me Elizabeth, how exactly does one suck a fuck? <laughs> there, there's way deeper lines, but man, that's like in the second scene of the movie. It's just yeah. like, all right, we're in for a ride.
1: Yep they they had some they had some good cussing in this movie, like some really <laughs> creative use of profanity.
0: Yeah, they did. All right, Denny, you fuck ass. What's your uh,
1: favorite lines? What's a fuck ass? um i'll give a runner-up to uh they found feces everywhere what are feces (laughs) baby mice (laughs) um also another runner-up to smurfette doesn't fuck um but i thought i knew my favorite line before this started um being uh sometimes i doubt your commitment to sparkle motion but then (laughs) i noticed that the character kitty the first time she confronts uh mama darko she goes sometimes i and then trails off because it was too cruel to say um and so that's my favorite line that she made saying it mean more by um, by almost saying it earlier and then being like no I don't need to invoke sparkle motion and you know like um so that that made the line mean more to me than I was like she built it up I've never noticed it before this watch she built it up before she said it like two or three scenes before it happens
0: she said it in the uh the office at the school and I was like oh no does the theatrical cut because I by then I'd figured out it was the theatrical I was like do they not say it in this in this version of the movie? Oh no, because I knew we were gonna do it for the intro. I was like, yeah. "Oh shit!" She didn't say the sparkle motion bit, and then she said it later. I was yeah. very happy. Good, nice, good pick. Thanks, brother. You're on um, fire for this one.
1: Thanks, man. Um,
0: He's what on is fire.
1: Your, I'm on fire, people. I don't know why I'm goofy. course, <laughs> <laughs> Max, I'm on fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your critic or score, Greg? Jesus Christ. Uh, Mine's
0: just one more for good measure. (laughs) Mine was sitting at a 31. I think I rated it pretty early in my creation of my Critiker account. Mm -hmm. But after this watch through, man, I had to bump it up a little bit. I really like this one. I gave it a 33 out of 40.
1: Nice. Um, I gave it a 43 out of 50, which is kind of, uh, as I've said before, Forty-three is kind of like a special number for me for whatever reason. I, I I only give it to like the best of the best that aren't the best of all time. Essentially, is what gets a forty-three. Yeah. So um, it's like
0: it it's it doesn't have to live up to any kind of pressure. It's just yeah. like I love this. I'm gonna watch it more. Yep. That's all it has to be.
1: <laughs> it's only for movies that have a special place in my heart.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We all need those numbers.
1: In my Denny Hart co.
0: Ah, I gotta admit, I'm at a loss. I've never been this stumped in my life. But I'm just gonna go in raw and say that is a hard-cut, seamless edit. I'm tapped. There it is. Tapped for ideas.
1: No, you're not.
0: Just wait till Pokemon. Because... Mm.
1: Oh, we're saving the good shit, people. We're saving the good shit. (laughs) Um, Greg we're doing ladybird this was your pick my friend um do you want to give us a little bit of a synopsis ski i know uh we can watch this on well i i actually this was a rare amazon purchase for me yeah because it was one dollar more to own it and i was like i'll want to watch this movie at least one more time in my life so here we go yeah so it is a rare inclusion in my digital media library greg Want to give us a, a little summary of Lady Bird? Sure thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think it's also on Showtime. Like, if you have the Showtime channel, which... That, yeah. yeah.
1: I was like, I'm not falling for this one. I, okay, Showtime. On
0: Google, it's like, oh, you can watch it on these five streaming apps with a premium subscription. Like, I have that for, like, two of these. Great. Yeah. You have showtime, right? Fuck
1: God <laughs> So I Yeah, I, whenever I see a bunch of premium subscriptions, I'm like, I know that trick, Roku. <laughs> I fucking know what that means. It means I can't watch it. <laughs> it.
0: It means it's on a channel that not even my parents have. So yeah, like it was an <laughs> Amazon rental was four bucks, purchase was five. I was like, I know I like this movie. So yeah. Ladybird is a twenty seventeen film. It is about uh <laughs> A young girl that wants to be called Ladybird—that that is her nickname, she insists she goes by it. She is uh, coming up on graduating high school, she's the class of 2002. Uh, We're discussing 9-11 a little bit in the movie, but we're in Sacramento, which uh, if you watched Francis Ha with us, you know that Greta Gerwig, the writer and director of this film, is from there and will often tell stories about Sacramento. I drove through Sacramento once in a (laughs) pitch-black night, heavy, heavy thunderstorm, so as far as I know, Sacramento sucks. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is about uh, Lady Bird, her connection with her friend, her last year of high school. We kind of cover the whole entire school year, Uh, relationships she creates with boys, her relationship Relationship with her father, with her brother, and his uh, live in girlfriend at their house. The most important relationship that we discuss over the whole school year, though, is that with her mother, who was expertly played by Lori Metcalf. Oh, man, what a performance! So, this is a kind of a rapid pace, just exploration of a senior in high school. Just living her life, trying to break free from kind of a narcissistic environment, trying to find herself mm-hmm. also within a Catholic school that that has its own limitations on her growth and like barrier to expanding to wanting to go to college on just like away from here. She just wants to be away from here. Will she get there? We'll find out soon. She does. Denny, <laughs> what's your <laughs> relationship with a Ladybird?
1: Um, I saw it a couple years ago, when I, probably the year it was nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really good, but I didn't get all the hype, you know. Um, this is the first time I've watched it since, and I got all the hype. I, I I thought there was a lot more depth to it this time around. I think I was kind of watching it like it was a dramedy the first time, mm-hmm. which not that it's not, but it's more drama than comedy
2: mm-hmm.
1: um Dram- <laughs> you know a, a lot more and Dramomady. it resonated with me much more deeply uh i am a massive greta gerwig fan i think that everything she touches turns to gold she is so damn good uh easily one of my favorite filmmakers right now and one of my favorite actors right now yeah so, so fucking good greta gerwig rules uh what about you? watch
0: barbie next year <laughs> can't wait oh. I'm so, it's gonna be nothing like what people are expecting and i can't wait no, guarantee i cannot guaranteed. fucking wait for people to hate it and me to love it i'm gonna be i'm over the i'm never i'm usually not that guy but <laughs> in this case i'm so that guy it's yes. like oh i want people to hate it so i can love it more um well
1: people see like ryan gosling margot you know, robbie like yeah yeah but like they don't know that ryan gosling has been doing weird shit for like a decade he's not the notebook guy anymore and (laughs) then you've got margot robbie who is so fucking money right now that she can do whatever she wants i guarantee you put those two together and we've got a weird fucking movie coming our way yeah
0: exactly from a director
1: gerwig at the helm right There, there was
0: like an article where it was like they are not going to play that uh, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. They're not going to play that song in the movie. And people were so mad. I was like, I didn't expect them to. Get ready to get more mad, I'm sure. I'm, yeah. I'm giddy.
1: It is going to be a very, very weird movie, but I we got completely derailed. What's your relationship with this movie? Oh, shit, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I think I was also coming across at the same time as you because it was getting Oscar buzz, and I i think i watched it before the oscars um also at home haven't seen it since and then i did the same thing the amazon purchase watched it again liked it even more i really liked it when i first saw it kind of thinking back i was a little more down on it and then watching it this second time i was like yep i'm i'm right back up i like it a lot
1: Yep. Yep.
0: um I kind of want to start with something I mentioned before in my synopsis. The Laurie Metcalf performance. She Laurie Metcalf plays Lady Bird's mom played uh, Sorry's Ronan. I don't know how exactly how to say her name and I'm sorry. But uh she Laurie Metcalf plays the mom and she was nominated for an Oscar. She lost out to Alison Janney, the mom from Itanya, So problematic moms were a hit with the Oscars that year.
1: Real big in 2018.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I thought she was fantastic in this. their relationship Dude. is so interesting to me.
1: She got under my skin like the i want i wrote exactly what I thought about the character um, i yeah I want to kick go yeah ahead.
0: yeah i i i want to build you up for it and just say like uh, this mom that i'm seeing on film she's yeah i i don't have experience this isn't my mom at all they're nothing alike but like i just see this character and i'm like this has to be people go to see denny in therapy and describe their mother and this has to be someone a person that gets described a lot to you during sessions with you
1: yes yes yeah all right um (laughs) yes it's not my mother either um my mother is a very nice lady um this is i this fucks people up when you parent them this way um what I wrote was I want to kick her mom in her big, dumb, dismissive, controlling, guilt tripping, passive aggressive, martyring face. She is the exact type of person I hate the most. I hate her so much because she never actually parents. She bails the second things get confrontational. Like literally you mm. see like her and Ladybird get in a fight and Ladybird starts expressing herself and then mom will just walk away. Like, literally just go in another room and close the door. Yeah. Um, e- I, I can't e- tell you how many clients have come oh, to me for help because of this. Yeah.
0: E- either walk away or just like, I, what, I didn't do anything. Like, I was just asking. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy and what makes the performance so good is that I believe that she believes that she was just saying, oh, yes. you look tired. Just tell me I'm dragging my feet. Like No, I'm just asking if you're tired. I believe that this character believes That they are approaching this the right way when they're being told that they're not.
1: Yeah, fuck. Well, see, this is my thing. I don't believe it because not not from like a performance perspective, Mm -hmm. but from a reality perspective. Ooh, inform me. She she tries to cover up what she did and defend it. Um, and that is a confession. When you try to defend something, you admit that it requires defense. And I am going to read you something I read a lot in sessions, Greg. This is called The Narcissist Prayer. That didn't happen. And if it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, that's not a big deal. And if it is, that's not my fault. And if it was, I didn't mean it. And if I did, you deserved it. Who does that remind you of?
0: Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, Mama bird. Most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most people in power. I'm I just there's a subreddit called I think it's called uh raised by narcissists where it's just, like people vent about their parents and like how they were raised or they're like, yeah, like I met my my partner's parents and I saw what loving parents looked like, and it made me think of par- my parents and the w- the way they were this way. But it's... She's not written as, like, this comically evil, gaslighting psycho. She's right. She's very relatable, almost, you know? Despite her being, like, completely narcissistic and falling in line with, you know, the narcissist prayer that you just laid out. Yeah. Like she seems so real and not played for like yeah just not cartoonishly evil is what I'm saying
1: well yeah and that's that's the thing with like uh, emotional abuse and psychological abuse and you know gaslighting if that has happened to you it should be pretty hard for you to describe what happened because um, it's not the same as physical or sexual abuse where it's pretty obvious what went down it's like If you were emotionally abused for 18 years like Lady Bird was, it wasn't just like this one big moment of abuse, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's this constant, 24-7, invalidation, dismissal, uh, guilt-tripping, gaslighting, twisting words, denial, defensiveness, and it just never ends. Mm -hmm. And it gives people what we like to call complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Um and it's really hard to navigate and here's a fun fact in 95% of cases uh, victims of emotional and psychological abuse show symptoms just as severe if not worse than victims of physical and sexual abuse um, we don't take them very seriously at all in our society and we are wrong uh, when you see a mom treating a daughter like Ladybird is being treated by her mom A more appropriate response would be to act like she was hitting her in the face in public. Do what you would do then, and, well, that won't work, because, like, call the cops for emotional abuse. That's going to go somewhere, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's what's so tricky. You're, You're talking about, like, people don't know how to talk about it or identify it. Like, imagine calling the cops for this kind of abuse. Like, well, she said this, and then, like, it was like you try to ascribe the blame, and they just there's just like five or six ways to back out of it there's mm-hmm. they just put they just take a step back and put a layer in front of themselves to like deflect blame a little bit more and a little bit more uh that ugh, ugh, it's tricky but, it's tricky but they still love each yeah. other it's it's hard well, that's,
1: that's that's a confusing thing about abusive relationships right because and this is what it really gets right It shows us moments of them having fun, like listening to Grapes of Wrath and, like, having bonding moments. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so confusing about an abusive parent is they didn't abuse you relentlessly, constantly, every moment you were around them. Mm -hmm. And so you do have a bond for them, and you will often love them. And when you're trying to figure out what that means in your adult life, that, like, someone you do love very much and have a complex relationship is like the source of your trauma that is difficult to navigate and so you come to people like me and cry a lot a lot a lot a lot um man i didn't even really it's done so organically that i didn't even like when i watch eternal sunshine i'm like oh clementine has borderline personality disorder Mm -hmm. like you know like oh that's they're screaming it at me this one I didn't even notice what an accurate like depiction of an abusive parent-child relationship it was um, until we're talking about it now and I'm like holy shit that was good mm-hmm. that was really really well done
0: yeah it's, it's something that stuck out oh, stuck out but remains subtle and I, I think a lot of you know mom's narcissism is kind of rubbing off on Lady Bird and yeah. It's tricky. Like, I don't think she's fully like her mom. She picks up some traits and some mannerisms, especially, like, with her relationship with her friend Julie. who. Oh, my God. I love Julie, by the way. She's awesome. She's so... Beanie Feldstein. Uh, she's, like, infectiously sweet and just charming and just, yeah. like, unassuming. Just a very, very good character. <laughs> and just, yeah. she takes a lot of similar abuse from Ladybird. But it's not like she's, you know, at like the narcissist her mom is. Because she connects she also connects so well with her dad, who is like this this lifeline for her, to be like raised kinda to some level of normalcy. Yeah. Like the way she treats her friend Julie hurts my feelings sometimes. But then I feel like their kind of reconciliation a lot of times is very relatable and organic, believable, I guess I would say. Yeah. It's not just like, maybe I would think that mom doing it is a little bit of a front to save face. With Ladybird, I think she does those things without realizing that. And then yeah. that her plea for for, pleas for forgiveness are genuine. So I think it's a... Yeah. Oh. The re- this movie well, is the relationships and they're all great yes. told very concisely this is a 93 minute movie thank god love it It just like it's oh. just go ahead
1: crazy well done right mm-hmm. um well and that's like to, to strengthen the depth right like so uh if your parent has a personality disorder you are statistically more likely to have a personality disorder um it's unclear if that's genetic or um or environment based i think it's both but i'm telling you man i work with people who have parent parents with personality disorders um and man you come out of it with some of their traits because we're a monkey see monkey do species Mm -hmm. you know like just this stuff that was modeled for you your whole life of course you're gonna be doing that without really questioning it in the same way that like I repeat dumb stuff that my parents did that I thought was dumb all the time. And then I catch myself and I'm like, son of a fucking bitch. (laughs) I thought my dad was an obnoxious idiot when he did this. And here I am over planning my Saturday. You know, (laughs) like, I'm doing the same thing. Um, It's just, it's, 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 it's Greta Gerwig's excellence, man. And it's even cooler that, like, it just always... I always notice this, right? Like one of the most common relationships on earth is mother daughter, right? Like all daughters have a mother or a mother figure of some sort. And yet how many movies are there that really explore a mother daughter relationship? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and then like, it's just these women to women relationships, even though in reality, they're common to the point of mundanity. There's just so few movies about that. There's few movies about sisterhood to the point that, like, Frozen sticks out when it gets made, you know? Like, <laughs> um, you know, that movie was about sisterhood with wolves and the sisterhood of, you know, everyone who's ever peed on a chairlift and yeah. just, just sisterhood, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> Dude. I wanted to dock points from this movie for theater kid energy but I restrained hey. my I restrained myself. Thank you. Out of respect for you and your past. Thank you. Um but yes, yeah, so the theater kids. What did you think when the uh like the JV football coach came into like coach theater? I thought that was very funny and actually pretty effective. <laughs>
1: yeah i uh i i started out with being like this is kind of contrived and then they won me over with you coming hot you coming hot uh, it was <laughs> really really funny and i kind of wish like they did a post credits of them doing that exact blocking because <laughs> that would have been so
2: awesome <laughs> like
0: drawing up plays and blocking for a play it makes sense yeah Let more coaches do theater, or theater directors
1: coach in the NFL.
0: Come on now. Dude,
1: the NFL could use a little more pizzazz, if you ask me.
0: Yeah. All right, at halftime, we're going to exit stage left. Sideline left. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Can you imagine, like, an NFL football team doing those stupid, goofy vocal warm-ups that all theater directors (laughs) make you do? (laughs) That would be awesome. I was
0: expecting more, like, uh... Mimicking reactions like in Barry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
0: Hey, Peyton Manning, uh, you shit bird. You want a little pie?
1: <laughs> on the note of theater kids. Uh-huh. Interrupt me, please. If you thought the standout male musical audition happened because of how how because of how straight he was, I blame you. I mean, like, it was hard for me to feel sorry for Ladybird when it's like Theater kid, loves hairstyling, dreams of going to Paris, declines to touch boobs. You know, straight guy shit. Uh, <laughs> 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 she really should have seen that one coming a mile away. The signs were all there. She just chose to put on the blinders. Yeah. <sighs> it was a good reveal, though. Like, a really, really good one. Oh,
0: no, for sure. Oh, man. ah, uh, uh, Let's just praise this movie a little more. I have a lot of love for the editing of this movie.
1: Yeah? Nick, Tell me more. Nick
0: Huey, I think. I don't know how to say his name. H-O-U-Y. She's been editing Greta Gerwig's... or he, Sorry, he's been editing Greta Gerwig's movies lately. This is such a fantastic job of editing. Where every cut seems like a punctuation of the scene that we're like leaving... This movie, yeah. it, like it covers an entire school year, like we're covering different holidays, landmarks, college acceptance letters, like all this shit. And there's a lot of humor. There's a lot of drama. Like Denny was saying, a lot more drama than humor. But like the humor is just like sold in these quick cuts as we transition mm-hmm. through time. A lot of times, scenes are funny, and then we leave to a more serious scene, or vice versa, and the emotion of both scenes isn't lost in any way yeah like i i i oh
1: well and he, he jumps in mid conversation a lot and kind of makes you figure out what they were talking about like uh like when uh ladybird and uh beanie feldstein are talking about masturbation but you just jump in on them, like, talking about how to use, like, the bath faucet and the shower showerhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the joke is you realize what they must be talking about if they're talking about those things. You know, just, like, <laughs> clever writing and editing like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we're just, like, yeah. Every emotion is sold perfectly. Even, like, like I said, it's a 93-minute movie. We're, we're covering a lot of time. You know, we do the Christmas... We do, like, a scene in Christmas. We spend, like, two minutes there. And then there's a scene between Christmas and New Year's. And during that entire scene, we're doing a countdown from ten, nine, eight. And then the next scene that we cut to when we get to two and one is New Year's Day. So it's, like, this perfect transition of, like, it's Christmas, now it's New Year's. But we put a scene in the middle. But to make that transition make more sense, we put a countdown in the middle. It's just, like little stuff like that that just like got me really excited about Some how this things, yeah. yeah about how this movie was made
1: what uh what did you think of a uh, stupid sexy timothy chalamet god
0: damn he's so <laughs> hot <laughs> he's just am- he's so fucking cool yeah he's
1: only he smoking a, like- hand-rolled cigarettes He's such a tool, and as I was watching it, I was like, I knew fucking tools like this in high school, and then I thought about it, and I was like, and you know what? I have never seen them fail at getting laid with this strategy. (laughs) (laughs) In in high school, that is. You know, like, it doesn't work so well in the post-community college world, but, um, (laughs) like, I've never seen it fail. High school chicks love that shit, man.
0: Just like tell me what I need to be and I'll be it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Fuck him, right? You're right. Yeah. yeah. Anarchy. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. <laughs> oh, I only like clothes because my sister told me to. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! What a character. And I, I love. Oh man, I cannot think of another movie where we have a scene of like person losing their virginity mm. and it's in in movies it's either like romanticized to the point of being unrealistic or like oh it's like a bad first time and it's played for like super dumb awkward humor yeah like yeah over the top someone like breaks their nose or some shit just terrible shit this is the first movie yeah. I've seen where like Having a bad first time having sex is portrayed in such a relatable mm-hmm. and like it's going like it all goes poorly, but it's not so cringe-inducing that it's unwatchable or yeah. stressful or anything. It's just like ah, oh, that kind of sucks for her. God damn! And it's like it very just, understandable.
1: Uh, best four seconds of her life, right? Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I-, I was on top. <laughs> who was on top on the first time it was great
0: oh man yeah it's like we discussed with mean girls like having an ex accessibility to like the world of girls and women like in film as like two straight white guys that yeah first of all of course are not women and also do not get that look very often in cinema yeah and yep. a movie like this, making it so natural and comfortable, is really quite a feat, yep. and yeah. I, I've i praised it enough, Denny.
1: Yeah, man. Um, oh, last, no, and-
0: last piece of praise, I'm very sorry. <laughs> last piece of praise, they didn't do the thing that we've been talking about in movies that we've done here, or that we've watched in, like, lately. An artsy film about high schoolers that doesn't feature an age inappropriate relationship.
1: Yay! Cha-ching! You did it. Looking at you, Paul Thomas Anderson. No creeps.
0: No creeps. Yay! No one licked her ish pizza. Yep. Penny, interrupt <laughs> that's, me. That's
1: good. Okay. Um. No, but this this honestly reminded me a lot of Ghost World on the, on the subject of age and appropriate relationships um, in the sense that it was just like, this is a movie about why people leave places um, and how they're just trying to get away from something. And what I love most is they made us... They didn't make Leaving Sacramento the happy ending that Lady Bird thought it would be. <laughs> I think the vibe is she got to New York and... She pretty much felt the same as she always did, and that was kind of sobering for her right mm-hmm. like and who hasn't been there
0: yeah um i I love it like I talked about it in Francis ha people not romanticizing moving to New York City that'll get yeah. you points with me because that shit is so <laughs> tired.
1: I love New York City, I think it should be romanticized.
0: More than it already is. Okay, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> the, it's, it's a, it's, the the shop on the corner of my block has a cat in it.
1: <laughs> when I when I last visited my friend in New York, uh, every time we exited a building, I would throw my arms in the air and go, "My city!" And he was like, "Why are you doing that?" And I was like, "I don't want people to think I'm a tourist." <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, "Yeah, tourists don't do that. I'll give them that
0: <laughs> Good, good bit, very solid all right, I was pretty proud. uh what else do you have on ladybird man?
1: um just a fun little stray thing when they uh when they announced like the the themes for prom theme bo- voting um one of them was eternal flame, and then I loved that when they got to the prom they basically they don't even acknowledge it but this catholic school accidentally made a hell themed prom because they went with the eternal flame like it looks like hell when they're at prom like it's all in the background but it's like not like cute blue flames or anything like that it's like burning red fire all uh, over the building
0: scenes from doom eternal <laughs> real uh, real sing street vibes i love it i love that shit yep.
1: Yup. oh this is a very sing street type of movie yeah yeah another theater kid movie so that tracks (laughs) that's why we like it so much uh do you want to hit gimmicks
0: yeah yeah i sure do denny um what is your mortality
1: awareness moment for ladybird
0: Um, I'll
1: give a runner-up to her dad reading a newspaper as a nostalgia thing because I didn't realize how long it had been since I'd seen someone read a newspaper at a breakfast table. Fuck. Um, But the biggest one was that this movie was made five years ago. Holy shit. And when it was made, I was already an aging millennial. And And now I'm an even more aged millennial and... I feel like I watched it for the first time yesterday. So, <laughs> it was already for us as we were getting out of the prime demo Dude, years, you know.
0: <laughs> I don't want to like cuz I had a runner up in a winter also, but then you mentioned that and I'm like, "Holy shit, this movie came out in 2017?
1: This movie yeah. came out 5 years ago?" Like I like I, more time than you spent in high school has passed since Lady Bird came out. Bro! right
0: uh i i I think when I watched it, I don't think I hadn't met my wife yet, uh- oh, yeah. yeah, God damn, all right, uh, let me get into this before you know we get all sad uh, my runner up, I said I had a runner up. it was a red plate for ladybird's birthday. She could say cupcake with a single candle delivered by her dad. Their relationship in this movie is probably my favorite, but it is a a red plate with white text around uh, the edge of the plate that says "You are special today." Oh. And for as long as I can remember, we had that same plate in what? in our home that you. That's cool. When it was your birthday, you ate off of that plate, and they did. Because you're
1: special that
2: day.
0: Cause we were. Yeah, you were special that day. Um yeah, it stayed in the China cabinet, and when it was your birthday, we'd bring it out, we'd put cake on it, and they did the same thing in this movie, and I was like, Oh my god.
1: Wow. That's how it's wow.
2: That's
0: how it's supposed to be. <laughs>
1: uh, and, this is what birthdays are made of. <laughs> exactly.
0: But Denny uh I have a rare occurrence here. I think this is the first time ever. Where my gimmick winner is also my favorite line it is ladybird confusedly saying we were in one parking lot and we went to another parking lot because buddy growing up before smartphones online gaming all that shit all you had to do was take your car to a parking lot and everyone decides (laughs) they want to go to a different (laughs) parking lot to hang out I grew up. Yep. I, I didn't grow up in Sacramento, but I grew up in a town without a mall, without a movie theater, and it was basically hanging out in the Whataburger parking lot, the Brookshire's parking lot, or the Jack in the Box slash Shell gas station parking lot. That was all in the you same street.
1: You guys just don't know how to have a good time in Midlothian. That was That's the problem.
0: all in the same street, and I worked at that <laughs> <Yeah>. Whataburger. <laughs> The Whataburger was right in front of the Berkshires, by the way. Uh, So so yeah, my favorite line was, we were in one parking lot and we went to another parking lot. Denny, what was your favorite line?
1: Have to go with a heavy one, I wish that you liked me.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But I also give a runner up to uh, a line of musical notes, which was a horrible anachronism that completely broke my immersion. And it was when they all danced to ska music in a post-9-11 world. That has not happened since the World Trade Centers were still standing.
0: Yeah, Ever. those... The, <laughs> that kid that turned out to be gay wasn't wearing a wallet chain at any point, so...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hard to believe the world of this one.
1: Greg, what's the uh, what's the old Critica score, brother?
0: Man, I, I have some minor issues with like the plot points of it just kind of falls into the trap of the oh i i tried to run with the popular kids in school but then i realized my old friends were actually my best friends i think that's a little bit cliche but i think the main focus of this movie being the relationships between all the characters being so extremely well done and relatable i gave this one Mm -hmm. a 30 six out of hot 40. damn 36 that's a nine out you of ten you don't go up that high often no i love this movie
1: very nice i think adjusting for inflation i probably rated it just about the same i gave it a 44 out of 50 bumped it up to yeah. 41 on my second watch three whole point increase
0: that's uh right around the same yeah
1: I want to be the very best Like no one ever was bam, 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 bam. To catch them is my real test To train them is my cause That's the emotional remix of the Pokemon theme song
0: Is that the emotional remix of the Seamless Edit,
1: perchance? It could be if we wanted it to be, Greg We could, we could make that happen We have that power It
0: could be the very best like, no seamless edit ever was. All right. Yayo! We are back. We are here for all you aging millennials. Sorry, no Harry Potter talk. Ash is a. Ooh,
1: frickety hoo. Ash
0: is a total Gryffindor, by the way. That being said. Stupid <laughs> shit. We're, we're here to talk about the other IP that stands out for millennial culture. It's Pokemon, and Woo! specifically Pokemon the first movie a movie that came out in 1998 in Japan but i assume most of you are american so it was 1999 for the rest of us here yes this is a movie that um i couldn't really find anywhere my friend
1: it's it's hard to search for because <laughs> yes. of the title it's hard to search for do you know how it's many ob- movies there are that obnoxious. contain the words pokemon and movie <laughs> there's like 45
0: besides pokemon the movie 2000 pokemon the new movie pokemon the new new movie (laughs) pokemon this is the next movie pokemon (laughs) this is the movie before the next movie it gets tricky man so this was an amazon rental i don't know if it was for you (laughs) too
1: yeah i
2: think
0: so okay cool uh yeah that's we did it um audience pick you guys did it Excellent. Yay! Well done.
1: You know what they say. If you're not going to pick the parent trap, pick the Pokemon movie.
0: I was hoping for Finding Nemo, honestly. But, hey. Uh,
1: I was hoping for not Finding Nemo.
0: (sighs) Alright, whatever. This will do for now. We are where we are, Tenny. Uh, the, The Pokemon movie is basically following our friends, Ash, Misty, and Brock, all their Pokemon. They are being summoned by a new challenger claiming to be the greatest pokemon master on the whole world on the whole world oops (laughs) anyways it's mewtwo mewtwo's here we open up with him being created coming to life coming to the realization that he's just an experiment for people no i don't want that i'm so powerful i want to be my own guy and then he he is his own guy he gets all these kids to brave a storm To come to his little island where he's gonna prove that he's the greatest pokemon master ever on the world and (laughs) whoever whoever makes it is just gonna raise a new race of pokemon he's gonna clone them all make them bigger better badder and then he's gonna kill the rest of the planet oops so Yeah, so Mewtwo's gonna kill everybody and be the greatest Pokemon guy in the world, and then he's relegated to Super Smash Bros. instead. Uh, Denny, what's your relationship with Pokemon the first movie?
1: First of all, it took me a second to catch that Super Smash Bros. I, I kind of zoned in and out. If you leave your GameCube on nice. long
0: enough, you can unlock Mewtwo.
1: <laughs> oh, I did it. We <laughs> all did it.
0: We all did it
1: yep um so i was crazy hyped for this movie when i was in the fourth grade uh my parents were out of town my grandma was babysitting and she got us tickets on opening night like a good grandma um and i remember when we were there in my memory and i know this isn't true but in my memory, this kid is dressed like the kid in the aviator hat and the and the goggles from A Christmas Story.
0: Um, I like Pikachu. There was this...
1: That's literally what he said. That's literally what this kid said to me and my brother. And we were just like, yeah. And he was like, do you like Pikachu? And we were like, yeah. Act like you've fucking been here, man. Like, um, but I was also very, very disappointed in this movie. Um because it was it was built on first of all Mewtwo is in the show it like concealed at, at Giovanni's gym and uh i thought this was going to be the cap off to the show like i thought Ash was going to the indigo plateau to fight the elite four and oh. i uh i also thought this movie's built all around new pokemon being in it um you're going to finally see the new pokemon and it's like you get a couple of them you got like snubbull, meryl and i don't know probably someone stupid like sentret in in the in the pre-movie there was a pre there was a short before mm-hmm. it called pikachu's vacation and then in this movie you get one dawn fan like right at the beginning yep. and yeah, like ugh, which was, which was cool but there's no more i keep thinking mewtwo is going to unveil all the new pokemon and then he just keeps cloning pokemon i already know um i've never i've always loved pokemon but i have never really loved this movie and now for my final fighter i'm summoning b doof uh-
0: <laughs> 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 yeah man um i think i mentioned it on our q a episode like it was a memory that i had forgotten until we recorded that episode that the first time I saw this movie in theaters, I was also very hyped. I saw it with my dad, who did not like the movie. Mm. We, (laughs) it was my brother and I, and then my dad took us. And the first reel of film melted and burned in the projector. Yes, yes. So we had the audio and then a, just a big screen of nothing happening. (laughs) It's just like, we watched the Pikachu opening intro and then the movie started. The open, like, the Mewtwo kind of prequel starts before the opening credits, and then it's just yeah. and the, the film just Awful. I was like, Awful. I had never seen it before, and I was like, "Is this part of it?" <laughs> Were there riots? An, and did like a bunch
1: of kids rush the projection booth.
0: As an eight-year-old, I was like, "Is this what's supposed to happen?" <laughs> and it came back on eventually, but yeah, I I, I think I'd seen it. On at my friend Kyle's house, like on VHS, like within the next couple of years, yeah. And that's about it. I don't remember the last time I saw it. it may have been like ten or twelve years ago, honestly.
1: Yeah, man, it's not really a rewatchable movie. Uh, it, it, <laughs> I, th- I don't think I've really watched it since like high school.
0: It was dumb. It was full of Pokemon. It was short. I loved it.
1: I loved it. <laughs> It is a, <laughs> that was a reference right there, brother. It is
0: a cool seventy-five minutes. Yep. Because and it
1: still felt really wrong, really long. If you ask me,
0: it it felt as long as Ladybird. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We we get the late '90s thing of like, hey, our hand-drawn animation show is getting its first movie. Let's incorporate some CGI into this. Let's throw some. Ugh. <laughs> ugh. Let's throw some Jar Jar Binks computers at <laughs> at the issue here and make some doors close. And ugh.
2: Ugh. didn't
1: didn't exactly
0: work so great.
1: No, it did not. It looked ugly as shit, bowling shoe ugly, as Jim Ross would say. <laughs> I
0: was. I thought you were gonna say bowling alley animation ugly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That would have been more appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Ash
0: <laughs> rolled a split more than once here.
1: Uh... <laughs> yeah, I hate 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 the heavy-handed emotionality of this movie because I'm like, oh. you,
0: <laughs> you didn't get a little misty-eyed. No, I
1: got Brock hard. <laughs> 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 um. Which, by the way, Brock thirsted after a missing person's poster. Wow! I hope we find her so I can have sex with her. She's pretty cute, (laughs) dude. It's something I always respect in a movie when someone is just a horny bastard to the bitter end. Mm -hmm. Like, just like it's like Eric on Boy Meets World. I was gonna say, no matter um, how much that character changed, she was always horny. I was
0: gonna say Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. Uh, (laughs) Horny bastard. Horny bastard. Yes.
1: (laughs) You love to see it. Ash, you're a dead fuck. (laughs) All right, man. Uh, I don't know where to go from here. Now I can't stop Ash Ketchum, played by Crispin Glover. Um, Ash, catch these nuts.
0: Uh, Where do we go from here, man?
1: (laughs) Well, Ash was kind of a dead fuck when he got turned to stone. (laughs) and this is what i hated so fucking much you've got all of these epic pokemon battles and you're playing this fucking sad ass slow song over all this badass shit
2: Mm -hmm. i
1: remember i had the soundtrack to this movie and i fucking hated it Mm -hmm. it's so bad the soundtrack is horrendously bad like egregiously terrible
0: yeah i think the only cool like peak of the two things because you're right like At a certain point, we just decide that Pokemon fighting is evil and terrible, but like the moment of peak of soundtrack and peak Pokemon fighting, when it's still cool, is our little duel of the Charizards. Yeah. I think it's so awesome. Dude,
1: that was badass. And then there's a
0: steep decline in coolness after that.
1: Yeah, you've got a Charizard versus Tribal Tats Charizard, a.k.a. Charizard from Florida, and it is not pretty. <laughs>
0: Miami Charizard, yeah.
1: <laughs> I did love seeing Gyarados hit a Hyper Beam, though. How cool was that?
0: I love that he started with that. No splash. Yeah, he wasn't no tackle, fucking around. No Dragon Rage. Fucking Hyper Beam. <laughs> you only get five yeah. of those. <laughs>
1: I did think it was annoying that uh Mew wasn't in the movie more because I was super into the Mew hype. Like there was this like does Mew truly exist thing going on and
0: He's in it a lot. I don't know, man. He's hanging out with That's... Team Rocket quite a bit.
1: But he could have intervened at any moment and he just never does. He just like lets all this horrible shit happen until he feels like showing up to Deus Ex Machina the fuck out of it. Deus Ex like, Mew
0: can, uh Please, come on, it's right there, Denny. Do I have to... Do I have to do your job for you?
1: Yes, that time you did. Excuse me.
0: You're forgiven. Please continue.
1: But I don't know, man. This was such a letdown to me as a kid. I I just can't get past that. And it was not like a fun, nostalgic watch as an adult. I was like, this is kind of brutal.
0: I'm fine with that. I like that take. Um... I think it was around this point that my parents were like okay let's maybe get tired of Pokemon a little bit quicker here guys (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: that's that's why I was not a Digimon or Yu-Gi-Oh! kid because my parents were like another one? No. No! We had enough we got you the cards, we got you the games, we went to the movies we're done thanks
2: so yeah yeah this
0: started the decline for everybody and whatever i i was a i was a little kid i still had fun at all the bright colors and seeing all my friends uh fight (laughs) and that's the thing having
1: it be sad they're trying to make you sad about fighting when it's like all these pokemon fighting each other when they should be hanging out. I'm like, <laughs> fighting is the only thing Pokemon do. It's their whole thing. They fight each other. This happens every fucking day. It, yeah, Greg's holding up his Game Boy right now because he's going to do a Pokemon battle because that's what they're designed to do, it's, is fuck each other up. It's the crux of the whole series. It's
0: designed yeah. to sell a card game and video games where the main feature is they fight each other. So... <laughs> I think it's 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 a twofold thing, right, where they undo the entire point of their peripheral sales with video games and the trading cards, whereas it's yeah. like fighting them is actually bad, them doing battle is actually inhumane, and you should feel sad about this, and then the other side of things, we erase the memory of the main characters and all the Pokemon, and it's just like what were we doing that shit all right well back to making these things fight each other it's like they've learned their lesson they've changed and they've grown and never mind we got to sell some more toys and
1: cards i felt like that was my uh, because as someone who was waiting for the payoff to the show it was like nathan fielder standing on a mountain finally telling me i'm gonna be honest with you this will never end and it's still going on (laughs) like still to this day (laughs) over 20 years later that show has not paid off yet
0: if only Mewtwo hadn't erased their memories I think it would have ended a few episodes later probably so (laughs) oh never mind memory wipe (sighs)
1: so Speaking of the Pokemon world, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember Ash making a joke where Team Rocket minute, somehow yeah, is...
0: I know what's coming. Minnesota Vikings. Yep. Okay.
1: <laughs> the canonical implications of Minnesota existing. Holy shit. I'm, I'm not going to get into it. But I used to browse our Pokemon conspiracies. And there's this, like, I'm going to get into it. What am I, <laughs> am I fucking kidding? Um, so... There's basically a theory that, like pokemon is from like an abolished or a a post nuclear war world um because like in the original games there's pretty much a bunch of little kids running around in the woods with a bunch of money (laughs) there's like the only draft age gentlemen are very very rich um and so and then like lieutenant surge is like 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 uh johto and kanto are laid out like japan um, they clearly have regions that are like different parts of the world, but it seems there's been a collapse. All that goes to say, Ash knows what Minnesota is. What the fuck? Did, what the fucking fuck?
0: It's it's bonkers. It's like one of those, you know, hey parents, we know you took your kids to see the movie. We're gonna throw in a little joke just for you guys, but it it opens up more questions. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's jarring. It's like wait what okay like i get it but what the fuck <laughs> here <Yeah>. you <laughs>
1: Dude. why i'm just getting upset i don't like this movie oh. i am going want to go to bed this sucks
0: <laughs> well this is kind of like our feature
1: I <laughs> you know okay give give me another talking point I'm, I'm getting myself worked up over here because i just oh okay this movie this movie hurt me you, this movie hurt me
0: you want a uh you want a talking point Yes. Uh, Wigglytuff is just a minion in Pokemon cosplay. Go.
1: Dude, I'll give you another fucking talking point. They fucking, uh. They had a character call a Pidgeot a Pidgeotto. Okay. How fucking lazy oh. is this fucking movie? Is that not Pidgeot? Uh No, it was a Pidgeot. It was a Pidgeot, and he's like, Pidgeotto here. Hey, Fuck off. Maybe- you think I'm a fucking casual watching the Pokemon movie? There weren't Pokemon casuals in the world I, at the time that this movie was made. Everyone was a hardcore.
0: I just, I just imagine like a a, a ten year old in the theaters watching this, storming out of the theater, and like going to the box office <laughs> oh, and bullshit, de- their
1: popcorn in the air.
0: demanding their money back.
1: I paid good money. <laughs> that ten year old was me, right? <laughs> And he didn't My grandma paid you $2.50 for me to be here And I want it back
0: It's like alright you're going to have to get your exclusive Mew trading card back
1: Oh not a fucking chance dog Not a goddamn chance in the world
0: Check our Instagram for pictures of that Uh, Yeah Oh my god Yeah that's really the only note
1: I You want to hit gimmicks There's not a lot to say Yeah this segment is probably already longer than the whole movie
0: yeah it, it is just a 75 minute nostalgia binge which yeah, that's all it which is. will be my transition to the gimmicks if you're ready please all right my mortality aware awareness moment is realizing that i'm not still excited to see all of my old friends show up on the screen I was watching this movie recently, uh, yesterday, and I was it like, hurts. oh my god, I get to see like an animation of Squirtle and Bulbasaur, oh, there's Pikachu, there's my friend Ash, and then like maybe 15-20 minutes in, I realize I'm critiquing the movie and judging the film. Even with new Pokemon being introduced, I'm just like, I'm not happy to see Rhydon. I'm not happy to yeah. see Dugong. Fuck.
1: <laughs> so, <sighs> yeah, it's sad.
0: And things got heavier.
1: That's the thing, you're actively playing through Blue version. I don't I'm... blame the death of your childhood, I blame this movie sucking.
0: It's the movie. Like I'm pl- like I'm literally playing with like new found technology playing through Pokémon Blue version again for the first time in like what? Fifteen years, more Mm -hmm. eighteen years, and it's selling me more on the nostalgia of Pokemon as an IP than this movie did. And yeah, that's just all the evidence I need. Like I can enjoy this, like the same characters, everything, the same memories. I can enjoy it through even through a nostalgic lens when it's presented in a creative and sensible medium but this yeah. movie kind of fell pretty short i guess
1: i would agree um mine is simply that the whole time i was like we should have just done detective pikachu that <sighs> that's what we should have put on the poll um, and that oh. that showed me that I was like, there was already a movie made pandering to this nostalgia, and it's actually kind of old. <laughs> again, oh, kind of boy. like the Lady Bird situation. Oh
0: man, I don't think I could do Thunderbolt again until I have some aviation gin. <laughs> 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 okay, Detective Pikachu.
1: Um, what's your uh, What's your favorite line?
0: Oh uh, man, it's definitely not the Minnesota line. Um, I want to give some credit to the like, it's been meme to death I've seen this on Reddit like once a year for the last seven years where Mewtwo says I see now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant it is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are and It's like Mewtwo's here to spout some deep shit for basically the whole movie but I like that one yeah. a lot that was really good but
1: yeah, Mewtwo is very oh go ahead, sorry. No, no, no yeah, Mewtwo's Go ahead, go ahead. Mewtwo's very introspective and deep and existential, and that's actually a combo I have is the bookends of in the beginning of the movie, Mewtwo asks, why am I here? Um, which I'm like, yeah. You and me both, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh Misty at the end says, Well, I guess we're just here because we're here. And I was like, "That's like a stupid way to explain why they don't question where they are," and also my best answer to every existential question I've ever asked. <laughs> so, uh, the answer is, I don't know. Stop worrying about it. <laughs> right? Like that's 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 the best you're gonna get. Sorry, everyone. Um, what's your uh, what's your critic score, Greg? Oh,
0: I didn't have a favorite favorite line yet oh Oh, shit I'm so sorry I thought you were expounding on my thoughts no no that's good Uh, favorite line is (laughs) during our emotional build up of realizing that fighting is actually evil and awful and bad and we shouldn't do it anymore Meowth is fighting clone Meowth and says (laughs) I almost made a clawful mistake (laughs) (laughs) We're hitting like peak emotions, and he hits us with a fucking pun.
1: Uh, yeah, Meowth needed to read the fucking room in that moment. <laughs> oh, deez. I'm walking here.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know, Meowth, right, guys? Uh, my yeah. my criticer Score. It it is a nice nostalgia trip. You know, we we even get like the little callback to the show where they do who's that pokemon with team rocket Mm -hmm. that's a lot of fun uh that's that's nice it's just introducing new things the wrong way not really building on the story very well having an emotional appeal like reversed extremely Mm -hmm. weird i gave it a 17
1: out of 40 yeah, fair. Um I went with a 27 out of 50, which is a failing grade, and I get that it's a kids movie, but like dude, on this podcast alone, how many nostalgic kids movies have we covered that were actually good? Like you don't have to be bad just because you're a kids movie. It's not an excuse.
0: Yeah, we we <laughs> my rating for Good Burger was more than double this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, like, it's fun.
0: And we all know how good The Country Bears is. So, Denny... No, we don't. What we is, don't what all know that. What is the... <laughs> I'm glad you agreed with me because I couldn't hear you. Uh,
1: yeah, I totally agreed.
0: Love to hear it. Uh, Denny, what is the best movie for when? You're an aging millennial.
1: I'm going to go with my own pick, Donnie Darko, just because it is the... It's like a... It's just... When you were, if you were a millennial middle schooler or high schooler in like the years 2004 through 2007, you watched the living fuck out of Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think it's a very, it's not a 90s kids thing, it's a millennial thing, you know? Yeah. What about you? I,
0: I, I think that's a very great point. It is a millennial 2000s kid thing, not a 90s kid thing, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome um i have to go with my own pick here i gotta pick ladybird very fair I, I think it's the best movie we watched um it is i i i think it's an incredible piece of work to show like as somebody that like you know this was again a girl that graduated in 2002 she was obviously like five or six years older than me maybe a little closer to my brother's age, but like still relating yeah. back to that time It's just like, but it's not like begging for you to feel that nostalgia in any way. It's just like, no, yeah. just here's, here's how it was. Here's a story set in this time. I think it was interesting to have a Mooney, a movie about the elder millennial generation. Yeah. then, but, uh, yeah, pick Donnie Darko. Fuck it. That's awesome. I think that's a great pick. I I, I, I fully
1: support Lady Bird as well. I, I
0: love that you picked Donnie Darko. I'm glad we finally got to watch it.
1: Me too.
0: <sighs> boy, oh boy. And that's Movies for Win.
1: You're an aging millennial, which we are. But what are we doing next week, Greg?
0: Uh, something completely different, Denny. We're actually going to discuss movies for when you want to see cool practical effects we're not doing CGI it's not about animation or anything like that it is you know your evil deads it is your (laughs) the things uh movies we've already covered to some capacity sorry Mm -hmm. um Practical effects, where like real props, real prosthetics are used to really sell uh, a scene, an effect, an emotion, a reaction. We're here to just explore. Maybe it's going to be a little bit of gore. Maybe it's going to be a little bit of you know.
1: It'll be gore for me. It's it'll it'll be itself. gore for you. All right, very cool.
0: <laughs> I can't think of any more examples. Uh, we can't do Jurassic Park again. Sorry. So, Sorry. so yeah, there we go. Uh, yep, we want to see some cool practical effects ready for next week.
1: Yep, I haven't picked my movie yet. We'll we'll figure it all out. I, have you picked yours?
0: I have not picked mine. I've thought about it. I keep this, coming back to the thing. I think that's my favorite movie of well, practical it's the effects. The best one, yeah, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. But we already discussed it a year ago, so <laughs> yeah, fuck, shit. Oops. No, but
1: you're right. But this, I I love practical effects so much. I want to make sure I don't just make a knee jerk reaction. You know, I really want to go for something really good. So yeah,
0: and my like my um thinking outside the box pick would have been evil dead from 2013 but we also already yeah. did that movie so
2: right yeah
0: yeah <laughs> oops
1: don't worry we'll we'll get some cool shit don't you worry we're gonna do it
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh this will also be a good opportunity for us to teach people that vote in the Granny awards what practical effects are so yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: looking at you joseph <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't remember if that was him or not. Uh, Denny, we've had some practical reviews. We're going to talk about some practical effects. But I'm practically ready for a catchphrase.
1: For Greg Work, the Legwork Johnson, I'm Denny the Talent Taylor. And this has been Movies for When... We already told you when, but you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again? Snap. See my badge?